Welcome to Making America Strong Again, the only program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Join fellow patriots as we rediscover our past, reignite our future, and celebrate America now. Welcome to Making America Strong Again. This is Steve Olds. It's my privilege to be with you from our studios in South Florida. It is, uh, it's fantastic to be able to share this message of Making America Strong Again with so many people, not only in Florida, but around the country through our network on iTunes, through the iHeart Radio Network, as well as our PatriotPodcast.com download. So thanks very much for being with us. Thanks for sharing this with those that you know. Thanks for inspiring others. What we're beginning to hear are the way... The message is resonating with people in communities all across the country. The opportunity to inspire a nation is a powerful one. And that inspiration begins with you. It begins with a story that matters to you. It may be one that you're not even aware of. There are people in America right now that are begging for leadership. There are people that are begging for a successful future. The challenge is that they're open to all sorts of suggestions, some of which are not rooted in factual capabilities that will lead them to success. Last week, we talked about what it means to really define success in your terms, not to simply latch on to somebody else's opinion, but to know what you believe and why you believe it. We talked about the need for personal education, the commitment to becoming a lifetime learner, and also being willing to accept what Dr. Stephen Covey called the breakfast of champions, which is feedback. It's not always fun to hear the things that you've done not so particularly well. It's not always easy to sit back and take that constructive criticism criticism delivered by people who truly care about you and about your success. But it's absolutely required if you're going to have an impact in your life, in your family, in your business, in the place where you work, in your community wherever it is that you want to make a difference. You have to really want to make that difference. The whole theme of this is really challenging yourself to think differently, to behave differently, to set goals differently, to look at the future of the country differently. How many people, if you ask them today, really believe that their vote in 2016 is going to make a difference? Perhaps they're in love with Bernie Sanders, and they want to follow Bernie's ideas. Perhaps they're in love with Donald Trump, or perhaps they're in love with nobody politically. They don't care. Perhaps they like a fringe candidate, quote-unquote, maybe a third-party candidate. But how many people really believe their vote is really connected to what the founders intended for America? I submit many people don't even know what the founders intended for America, and furthermore, even if they did, wouldn't understand how their particular vote would really make a difference. We've become conditioned in America to believe what people tell us. We've gotten lazy when it comes to really understanding the root causes of arguments, and I don't mean arguments in terms of throwing things at each other, but having a constructive argument and a discussion about one point versus another. Why do we really believe what we believe? How many people can effectively defend what they believe 
with reasons that go deeper than just, that's because somebody else said it and I like what they say, so I believe it. How many people are skilled at the capability of having an intellectual discussion or an argument down to a particular point that ends up resting on principle? Man, that's a lot easier just to turn the TV on and not worry about it, right? It's easier that way. So let me ask you this question. What of much value ever gets done by people who take the easy road? Look back at history. How many things that were meaningful in world history happened because the leaders of a particular movement or a particular idea took the easy road? Answer, very few. Very few. So when you look at your life and you decide, you know what, I'd really like to take the easy road. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You have that choice. You also have one life. You get to decide how you're going to live it. And a lot of people would much prefer to just hang out And take the easy road. Let somebody else worry about it. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting. Let somebody else think deeply about these issues. Let somebody else drill down to the fiscal responsibility of making things work. Matter of fact, it would be just a whole lot simpler if you just send me a check and not worry about it. You know, it's interesting. There was a question in all of the different political conversations that are going on. One of the candidates was at a town hall meeting in New Hampshire ahead of the primary this week. And a nine-year-old boy asked this particular candidate a question. And it had to do with money. He said, you know what? I'm nine years old, and I just learned that my share of the federal debt is $50,000. I don't even have a TV in my room. But I, I have a share That's costing me $50,000. What's that going to look like in my future? And furthermore, how come I got stuck with the tab? I'm nine. Out of the mouth of babes, right? Out of the mouth of babes. Think about that. Think about the question. Furthermore, think about the answer. How do you answer that? And put away all the political spin. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle it comes on. If you look at results and people who define success... Look at results. We have to look at the numbers. We have to look at the impact of the work that we do. And then we have to decide, is that good enough? Is it good enough for you to pursue what it is that you're doing in your life and produce the results that you're producing? Are you satisfied with it? Are the people around you, the people who are dependent on you, it may be your kids, it may be other family members, it may be senior family members that have now uh, been in a position to live with you because of circumstances who knows but everybody has to take that look in the mirror and say all right you know what it's time for me as we talked about last week to step up our game how do we do that we talked about the idea of being on a high performance team with a winning coach we talked about the idea that if we really want to step up our game we have to do things a little bit differently we have to think differently have you ever thought about what it would be like to be not just a world-class player on a particular team, but to be a champion? How do you rise to the occasion to become a champion? Well, there's a lot of discussion this week about the new world champions from the National Football League. Exciting times, great defensive game between the Colts. No, did I say Colts? I meant the Broncos. I was thinking Peyton Manning. 
between the Broncos and the Panthers. People had lots of opinions going into the game, lots of ideas. But at the end of the day, there's only one team, the Denver Broncos, that can claim the mantle of world-class champion in the National Football League. And by the end of this week, most of that will wear off for the vast majority of the American public. What's next? What's next? We run in sound bites. But if you think about what it means to be a champion, and you ask yourself, how do I get to be a champion? What do I have to do? Am I willing to put in the work? What if you want to be a champion? Where do you start? Well, one of the places you can look are people in your particular area of interest that are already champions. If you want to be a world-class champion in the world of football, well, you could go talk to Peyton Manning. He's got a little time on his hands. He knows how to be a world-class champion both with the Colts and the Broncos, having won two out of four Super Bowls. He also lost two Super Bowls. So there's part of that process, that learning that comes from the ultimate in feedback when you lose. Losing is a drag. In some cases, losing is permanent. If you want to understand how to be a champion in the world of self-defense or in the world of policing or in the world of defense of a nation, talk to people who are experts in that world. If you want to understand what it means to be a Navy SEAL in a combat environment, go talk to Navy SEALs that have been in combat. Go talk to them about the price that's paid to become a champion in that environment and what the consequences are, even when you're the absolute best of the best, when it's not good enough. Ask them about the brothers and sisters in arms that they've buried because the enemy won a particular engagement. They may not have won the war, but they won a battle. And one of our people made that ultimate sacrifice. That's playing on a very big stage. And for some people, we'll never know the names of those people who made that sacrifice. But they made the sacrifice because our founders saw something in our nation that they knew would call people to stand up and be champions for a cause. In the 1700s, that cause was the birth of a new nation. It was the opportunity to stand up and say, you know what? We're going to be champions for we the people. We're going to be champions for the idea that we can govern ourselves, that we can serve the God whom we decide to serve, not the God that the king says we should serve. It was a unique experiment in world history. And that experiment has continued on for 240 years. And now we're the ones that decide who the champions of that cause are going to be, and furthermore, what that cause looks like. What does America look like? What does it mean if we're going to step up and be champions? We're also going to begin to understand the impact that the mental attitude of a champion, whether you're working in a small business or in education or in the government or in the Navy SEALs, matters. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can pursue becoming a champion in the world around you. We'll be right back. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, 
Get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. This is Steve Schwartz with pdgo.com. We've been in business for over 15 years and have created over a thousand websites for clients across the USA and across the world. We help our clients have a custom, affordable website, and we teach them personally how they can very easily update the information on their websites themselves anytime they want to without being a techie. Take a look at pdgo.com and see samples of our work and testimonials that clients have said about our service. pdgo.com. Again, pdgo.com. At SurfPro of Vero Beach, no job is too big and no question is too small. So when fire, water, or mold damage strikes your home or business, call on SurfPro of Vero Beach at 772-770-0501. That's where you'll find a team of specialists that's faster to any size disaster. So when the things that matter most are on the line, make sure SurfPro of Vero Beach is too by calling 772-770-0501. That's SurfPro of Vero Beach, helping make fire, water, and mold damage like it never, ever happened. Franchises are independently owned and operated. Hi, this is Kelly Fisher, a supporter of the Making America Strong Again mission and your local real estate professional here on the Treasure Coast. It has been my honor to serve our community here in Vero Beach since 2003. And with over 1,500 home sales over the past 21 years, it's my hope that you will consider the Kelly Fisher team at Treasure Coast Sotheby's International Realty for all your real estate needs. It's also our desire that every family has a home and every home has a family. And we have partnered with the Homeless Family Center of Vero Beach to work toward that goal. When you buy or sell a home with the Kelly Fisher team, we will make a substantial contribution toward alleviating homelessness in our hometown. To be a part of this great mission, please call us at 772-321-6905. Welcome back to Making America Strong Again, the program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Once again, here's your host, Steve Olds. Well, thanks again for being with us today. We're talking about the importance of the decision that you make in your life of being a champion. The importance that your decision to pursue excellence in what you do not only has an impact on you and your life and and those around you, but it has an impact on your community, on your state, and on the nation at large. And it is, in fact, that level of thinking that will ultimately decide the future of our nation. If you go back to the founders era and you studied what it was that they thought, if you studied what they believed, and you can do that because you can actually read what they wrote, not what somebody says they wrote, but actually go back to the original writings, go back and read the diaries of the founders, go read what the 56 people that signed the Declaration of Independence actually believed about what they were doing. Do you know that the signers of the Declaration understood very clearly that by putting their name on that document, they were signing their own death warrant if America lost the revolution? Because those individuals would be seen as traitors to the king. Traitors get hanged. That was the punishment. It's very simple. So when those individuals stepped up and said, I am willing to put my life and my name on a document that says, I will put 
everything on the line. I will play full out, knowing that the odds of success are enormously against us. And at the time, they were. You may have heard the term God-sized vision. Those founders had a God-sized vision for what American could be, a place where people could decide what they wanted to believe. They were tired of being told by the King of England how they had to believe and how they had to behave. They wanted to create an opportunity, not just for them, but for their progeny. They saw hundreds of years into the future, and what they did back then was for us and for our kids and our future. So imagine being able to hang out with people that think that way, that think about the future, that are willing to put it all on the line, that want to be champions. George Washington did not start in the Revolutionary War and agree to be the commander of the army so that they could come in second place. That wasn't the objective. The only reason he took it was because he was challenged and believed that with the right team of people, they could win. And thank God they did, because that changed world history. If you go back and look at the places where they were challenged beyond measure, go read about the night on Christmas Eve in New Jersey. Go read what they did. Imagine having to take on the Hessians. Imagine being able to walk through the icy cold waters in a boat with no shoes, knowing that you were going to fight some very tough soldiers. But they did it anyway, knowing full well that that was a turning point. There were numbers of turning points that we faced in the revolution. But again, for a lot of people, they don't really know the history. They've learned what others say about the history. You have to go to the source and find out. So how do you go to the source and understand champions in this era? You go ask them. Find people that you look at in history today who are still alive today. And they may be people that nobody else in the world knows. People that you can look in your community and say, that individual is a champion. That individual has done a bang-up job in their business. Or perhaps they're a church leader of some sort. Or perhaps they're a great teacher. They're a champion at what they've done. They've invested their life for 20, 30, 40 years And they've pursued excellence. And they've done things that you look at and say, wow, to me, that is a world-class operator in that particular environment. Maybe that individual is a parent who has done an amazing job with their kids. Perhaps they're dealing with a special needs child, somebody that is clearly, clearly challenged. And yet the parent or parents stepped up and have delivered world-class care to that individual, to that child that has produced fruit that most people would never understand. My point is you can look for champions everywhere because they're there. And then the question is, how how can you possibly learn from them? Well, here's a novel idea. You can actually go ask them. You would be amazed how many people don't look in the mirror and see a champion. You see a champion because you've observed what they've been doing. You've observed or know of or studied what it is that they've done in their particular environment, and you recognize that level of champion in them. And when you go ask them, hey, can I take you to lunch? Can I buy you a cup of coffee? 
I'd really like to talk to you about what you've done. I admire it. I'd like to learn from it. I'd like to become, in many ways, an apprentice. I'd like you to teach me. Now, they may not be ready to take on a project as a mentor, but they might. You never know. But most people I know are willing to at least have a cup of coffee, especially when you're buying. Don't expect them to pick up the tab. You pick up the tab. Take them out to lunch. Ask them for a few minutes of their time. Honor their work. Respect their time. But ask. And you'll probably get turned down a bunch of times, especially if you don't have any connection with those individuals, because most of the time they're very busy people. But you know what? If you ask enough, sometime they'll say yes, or maybe they'll say, not this week, how about next? I'm honored that you would ask me. When you've been on a championship team, especially in the afterglow, probably going to be a tough week to get Peyton Manning and the rest of the folks from the Broncos on the phone. They're a little busy. They're going to capitalize on what happened, which is great. They should. They should enjoy the celebration. They should spend time with their families. They've worked hard. But probably three or four or five months from now, if you wanted to, I bet you could contact one of the players on the Broncos team. And it may not be your front line, three or four top players that everybody knows their names, but there are a bunch of folks on that team, dozens of them as a matter of fact, you don't know their names, but you could find them. If you wanted to be a champion in the football world, you could probably go find one of those folks and maybe have an email conversation or a phone call. Or if you were really motivated, you could get on a plane and go to Denver and take them to lunch, especially in the off season. My point is there are no boundaries if you think there are no boundaries. If you want to really understand what it means to be world-class in your life, Find people who have done it and go ask them. We talked last week about the importance of reading and taking in all that education. But there comes a time when you got to get in the game. you got to go apply what you've learned. So one of the ways to do that is to talk with people, get those lessons learned, take notes on those lessons, and go use them. Use them in your life. When you do, something interesting starts to happen. You begin to learn a lot about yourself. And when you put people around you to whom you're accountable on a team, especially if you're pursuing similar goals, now you have a lot of energy that begins to bubble up to the surface. You begin to develop as a group a challenge. You challenge one another. And the way that a lot of championship teams come together is that they lay out before themselves and for people around them a challenge that most people consider to be impossible. How do champions become champions? They make a decision. They rise to a challenge. They look at something that is clearly beyond their capability and say, what if? What if we could? What if we could rebuild the nation? What if we could eradicate the 50 million people who are dependent on government subsidies, who are able-bodied people that want to work? Obviously, some people need support. We did really great supporting people with the churches before the government ever got involved. What if we could turn around $200 trillion and more in unfunded liabilities that are just sitting right before us? What if we could do that? What if we really could build a championship team of apprentices that wanted to learn how to execute business in such a way that we could create the capital in our communities? 
without tapping into the government treasury, but rather serving the community? What if we could pull mentors together who could demonstrate what leadership in action looks like? What if we could do that in small groups and communities all over the country? What if we could do it at a record pace? What if we could inspire a nation to step up and get in the game in ways they never thought they could, but once they responded, they enjoyed the juice of being part of a winning team? That, ladies and gentlemen, is possible. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the opportunity that's before us. That's an opportunity we're pursuing with vigor. And the only way we're going to get there is with you, with the decision you make to become a champion in your life. Help us in the effort of making America strong again. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. 